Mary Jane, if you're looking for a story, we are witness to the fight of a lifetime. As, and I know only one word to describe him, the amazing Spider-Man. I like staying style. And not having to say anything clever gives me more time to get, you know, beat on. Episode 247 for September 2013. Welcome back, Crawl Spacers. We're now tackling George's segment where we're looking at two episodes of the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. So, George, what two episodes of the cartoon are we tackling? <laughs> All right. Um, last time uh, we covered the first episode from Season 1 and the current episode, which is now we've had several episodes since. Of uh, season two, which uh, was the Hulk one. Um, right. So I'll start off with the second episode of season one, uh, which was written also by Paul Denny, who wrote the uh, the first episode. Uh, and in this one, uh, Spider-Man is uh, undergoing Shield training. Um, Shield, you know, he's being his wacky self. You know, well, you know, I, I don't like the characterization. I don't like the fact. And this is—I actually wrote this note for the end of this episode, but I'm going to say it now. I don't like the fact that there is no difference between Peter at high school or Peter at Aunt May's, or you know, Peter in general and Spider-Man. Yeah, there is there is absolutely no difference in character. He just puts on a mask, and and that's that's a mistake. That's a profound that that's. But you know, again, it's a kid show, so I don't want to nitpick. Kind of, I, I can get nitpicky. I, I don't know if you know this about me. <laughs> and uh, the the thing about Pe- well, I mean, t- t- typically Peter a little introverted in in school, and he he lets the release of fighting crime to 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 uh, wisecrack etc. Yes, yes, and uh, but here he's he's just you know twenty four seven it's jokes. Yeah, but so is everyone else in the show. Except everybody's going for the joke. Everyone, yeah. even unintentionally, everybody you know somebody will try to be serious and then something funny will happen. Mm-hmm. And I've always said that any Spider-Man relate, you know, if it's Spider-Man, it works best when he's the one that gives the gags, not not when not when he's fighting. It's one of the things I, I've said about sluts, you know, stuff is that everybody's fighting to say something funny. Anyway, um, so he's go- undergoing Shield training. He has a flashback during Shield training of Aunt May beating Peter uh, in a video game. It's like some kind of Marvel superhero fight game, and she's the Hulk, and he's the thing, and she kicks his butt. And Aunt May jumps off the couch, you know, sort of like, and does a cel- you know, celebratory moment, and goes into Luke Skywalker's "It's Your Birthday," <laughs> which means that Aunt May, who probably in this show was around my age, she's probably in her early forties, was at some point a fan of Two Life Crew. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the video for "It's Your Birthday." It's your birthday. It's just big booty hose and jet skis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the song literally just, oh my God. It's Luke Skywalker naming off uh, the months of the year and the zodiac signs, and then names of his friends. Yeah. So Gladys, it's your birthday, it's your birthday, and then they're on jet skis, and then back to the mansion with the big booty hose. That's literally the entire video. That and Gold Teeth. So, yeah. <clears throat> so I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's kind of, because I mean, really, it, Aunt May's quoting a band that also gave us Me So Horny. <laughs> <laughs> And it just okay, makes me think back to three. It makes me oh, think man. back to Aunt May in high school. If, if this is the thing, if she knows this line and she shared this in college, that means in high school she was driving around with uh, with uh, Aunt Anna, you know, in somebody's car, and they were, you know, singing "Me So Horny." 
<laughs> which, which is an unsettling thing for me, and I'm reading way too much into it. But that's immediately well, – as soon as she jumped up, it's your birthday. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know? And I wonder if there were any other dads who have kids who watch that who were like, God damn, what was that all about? <laughs> Somebody's going to run a train on somebody up in here. That's oh, you know? oh, my God. So, uh, all aboard. <laughs> so, um, have mercy. So you have, uh, while Spider-Man's in training, you have uh, the, the new Spidey friends, so to speak, the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. team. Um, teenage Power Man, Teenage Iron Fist, Teenage Nova, who I think is actually a teenager in the actual Marvel comic now, right? Yeah. Sam something. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and White Tiger, who is now, uh, it's like a legacy character. She's like a chick. She's like a young yeah, but teenage been chick. that way in the comics for, uh, <clears throat> years. Brian Michael Bendis but, introduced her in the middle of his Daredevil run with Melee. Oh, she wasn't a teenager, though, in the in the comic version. Did they ever say what happened to Hector? Uh, he died, but uh, it was detailed in that arc with Bendis, but I forget how. But actually, I take it back. I think she had to have been a teenager, because she was on Avengers Academy for a while, too. Okay. While you're talking about Teenage Iron Man, Iron Fist and Power Man, it just bugs me with the cartoon how Iron Fist is kind of like a surfer dude. Well, he yes, because of his, because of his hair. But, yeah. but at one point he says namaste uh, to somebody, which is actually like uh, it's just like Indian. It's Hindu, um, which is not his. Well, it, it, it comes from an Asian influence. I mean, you know, you've got uh, yeah. um, oh god, and now I can't remember the the the, the damn the damn city. Kinla or something like that. Kun, yeah, Kunla. 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 Thank you. Thank or, you. Yeah, yeah. or whatever it is. I'm a huge Iron Fist fan, and I to, to blank on that embarrasses me right now. <laughs> um, it, it, but he comes across, unlike the others, he's not like, "Whoa, I'm a teenager. I don't have a attention span, and I'm going to do r- wacky random things." He's actually kind of serious. Yeah. And actually, I wrote him down as the big winner in this entire. He has like the best moment. You don't ever see him hitting the wizard or uh, claw. But he he lays a smack down apparently harder than anybody else, um, which I liked. But I don't like Power Man and Iron Fist as teenagers. I'm just I, I, it yeah, just it, I don't it rubs me the wrong way. And the first time I saw Luke Cage, I'm thinking Jessica Jones and Alias and who you know is somebody going to get bent over and <laughs> you know someone getting twerked. Oh, yeah. who's going to hate himself after this? Oh God, he's giving it to me so good right now. The night I just let him do whatever he wants to do. Oh, so um, I'll always yeah, I'll always, yeah I don't want to go are you. I, no, he'll hold on to it. <laughs> but you know what, George? You should just be very, very thankful that it's a teenage version of Luke Cage and not the new teenage Power Man from the comics who seems just annoying. Yeah. Whoa, 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 what? Yeah. yeah. There's a new Power Man. What happened to Luke Cage? Luke Cage has been just Luke Cage for years. And then uh, it was actually, I think, was it Shadowland? Yeah, there was yes. a Shadowland, Power Man, and Iron Fist series where there's this new teenager calling himself Power Man, so Iron Fist basically goes to investigate and starts mentoring him. Yeah, the big loser in that is Rage from uh No what was it not, not one. from the Avengers yeah, and New Warriors. Yeah, that New Warriors, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Because <clears throat> yeah, that's basically all he was. He was just a you know, Luke Cage. Both Luke Cage and Teenage Power Man are on that new Mighty Avengers team. Victor Alvarez is the new Power Man. Yeah I honestly uh, have not read much at all with him, but just good lord, does he seem like... He first appeared in Shadowland Power Man number one in Marvel's 2010 Shadowland crossover. Basically, he has to mentor him because he's like the most arrogant freaking brat you can imagine. It's like it's kind of like Alpha. 
If well, if anybody's the guy to put you in your place, damn Iron Fist. Yeah, Vic, Victor Alvarez uh, is the was first introduced as an Afro-Dominican teenager from the neighborhood of Hell's Kitchen in New York. As a child, he was caught in an explosion caused by the villain Bullseye that resulted in the deaths of over 100 people. Victor survived by somehow using a technique that drew the chi, or is it the chai? Chi. chai from, it's chi. Chi, chi from the dead bodies around him and temporarily granted him superhuman strength and durability. Hmm. That is the new Power Man's origin. Huh. Fred Van Linty created him. a character. Um, <laughs> Fred, um, Chai is chai is my order at Starbucks. Chi yeah. is your spiritual energy. Chai is a cup of tea. Chi is is yeah what you focus the the you know dent the shield helicarrier. Okay. <laughs> tomato tomato chi chi. Yeah. <laughs> chi chi is anyway. uh, never mind. Okay. So she's the best star of the love boat, didn't she? No, that was that was Charo. Yeah, it was Charo. Coochie coochie. There's the. Uh, <laughs> Coochie, coochie. Yes, see, it all comes say. back yeah. together. Yeah, yeah coochie, coochie, coochie. There's the, uh, there's the new Power Man have a tiara. If not, then uh, fuck him, he's dead to me. Okay. No, he just has goggles. He's got goggles and a yellow shirt. What the fuck? <laughs> goggles? What is this, steampunk? I'm, I'm out. Like, like Blade from the 70s, except orange instead of green. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Blade from the 70s. <laughs> I miss 70s Blade, man. There was, you know, Don't you, though, with the green shirt? Oh, green dude. Well, wait. We're getting off this. We're getting off the topic. Right. Yeah, we're we're off we're off Aunt May's train. When, yeah. when when I have to say we're off topic, it's gone astray. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> All right. So uh, you have. Well, I was born in the wings. You know, he's still kind of in the shadows. He's ordering uh, octopus. You know, Doc Ock to find Spidey. Doc Ock, by the way, still looks like you know, like the pro any pro wrestler you see. He's got the stringy, greasy hair. That's Doctor Octopus now. He's like doing Sting from the WWE or what? Awful, awful look for. It Doc is a Ock. horrible, horrible. Horrible look. It is the worst. You know, I, I have a lot of problems with, with Spectacular Spider-Man, but they got Dr. Octopus right. Yep. And they had a good voice for him, too. The guy from um, Allie McBeal, and, and uh, I can't think of his name right now, but, you know. Yeah, it's... Peter McNichol. Oh, he yeah, was, you're right. Peter McNichol was his – he went to my high school. Yeah, he oh, – Dr. Octopus awesome. wasn't Spectacular Spider-Man. He, yeah, he graduated. Wait a minute. You, you went to high school with Doc I didn't go to high school. I didn't go to high school with him. He graduated years before I did from the same high school. You went to Doc Ock's high school and you had beers with the Kingpin. My God, yeah, dude, that's right. You're a Ditko villain, George. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm Fosworth. That's who I am. Yeah, that's who you are. <laughs> um, but uh, so you know, that's what you, you've got him telling Octopus to find Spidey. So of course, Octopus relegates it to the people who failed last time, the frightful four minus one, because Trapster's in jail. Um, Mary Jane, I don't like that Mary Jane is the one who's taking pictures, that she's the photographer. I don't like that Mary Jane um, is Lois Lane Jr. Yeah, because it, it, it's been done. We've done this. We've, we've done it to death. We did it with Lois Lane. We've done it with Betty. We did it with with uh, with Allison Mack in Smallville. Yeah. You know, why does the why does the love interest have to be a reporter if you're a superhero? Why is that? Why is that the, the go to? Because superheroes create news, and it's an easy way to get another person in the, to the news. Well, that's part of it. This is this is a characterization borrowed from uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man comic book. I think part yes. of it was they didn't have that exactly a use for Peter to be that way in that comic book, so they took what Peter used to do and moved it over to Mary Jane a little bit. Which you know, if that makes him a little bit more compatible, I'm fine. Yeah, but I I don't like stuff like that. I don't like it when they change the. I mean, because in the comic book, he's the award-winning photographer. He sold a book for Christ's sake. 
Is does he have a job in this one? Is he a webmaster at uh, DailyBeagle.com? No, he can't. He doesn't even want to take out the trash when Aunt May tells him to take out the trash. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, she says, "Take out the trash, get up the video games," and because they're playing Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like a video game or something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, which is no wait, that's a different issue. Never mind. I was win that thing. That, that's a different episode. That's the Guardians of the Galaxy episode. Never mind. That's coming up. That one's Jack. Yeah, it's coming up. Anyway, so um, no, she yeah, she tells him to like take out the trash, and he's like, you know, well, I, I bet uh, Captain America doesn't have to do dishes, and they do a, immediately a cutscene, and Captain America's like, oh, I'm happy to do my part. I got to do my errands. Anyway, <laughs> um, so so Peter Parker has no responsibilities around the house. That's ironic. No, well, I mean, <laughs> except taking out the trash, and he can't. He fails at that. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Did, did, that, did Uncle Ben not teach him a damn thing? Responsibility of your chores. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, if my aunt, who's a widow, oh, I don't know, because of me, um, yeah. you know. I take the trash out I, for Yeah, well, I'm taking the trash out. I, I, I'm, you know what? I'm, here, let me get that. I'll move that couch for you. You know, the little things, you know. Let me let me put on your two-life cruise CD, Aunt May. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, can I, can I, let me, I downloaded some stuff on iTunes for you. This is uh, yeah, my milkshake. You Have go. you heard it? So, um. Hey, who's that in the yard? Yeah, I'm just kidding. He's <laughs> probably got a twerk video somewhere now. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, anyway, you're you're blurring the lines. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so Spider-Man's always a helicarrier. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I went there. But, okay, so he's on the Shield Hill Carrier, and the other kids are watching him, and they're like, oh, we don't want a new partner, you know, whatever. Oh, new hero, boo, whatever. Dumb teenagers. Yeah, and then Nova's a total prick. Nova's like, I'm not going to – you didn't say anything to me about taking – you know, I'm not going to be leader for this guy. And everybody's like, who the hell made you a leader? Why don't you just, you know, shut up, douche? They don't say shut up, douche in the cartoon. Um, they implied. Yeah, they yes. implied. There's, there's douchery implied. <laughs> um, so, but, but here's the thing. He's on the show Helicarrier, and Nick Fury introduces him to Dr. Connors, and Spider-Man reaches out to shake his hand. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man reaches out to shake – Dr. Connor's hand. Yeah. And there's no hand. There's no hand. <laughs> and and and, yeah. and then, and they, gone. they zoom in on, on the on the sleeve, on the like the armless sleeve. But then somehow out comes the arm. The arm comes down from the sleeve and he's like, Oh hey, how's it going? And I'm like, What the fuck? <laughs> so so he's in a lab and he just hap- he just has his arm rolled up for, for giggles. Apparently you know, that's uh, that's how Dr. Connors gets down. I guess. I don't I don't know. It was like, oh, is that how he picked up chicks? Baby, that was so good, I, I grew an arm? I, I guess that means that what so, happened to him later was karma. I guess. I, I, don't, <laughs> I haven't gotten around to that episode. So just to refresh, because I kind of misunderstood, he he has both arms at this point? Yes, but he had his oh. arm up in his sleeve, you know, like you're pulling a joke on somebody or something like that. Oh. And, he rolls, and I'm like, huh? That's that's weird. And, and then Nick Fury's like, yeah, he's our tech genius. And I'm like, oh, you mean the biologist? That's good. Yeah, you guys are prioritizing <laughs> correctly. Yeah. yeah let's, and didn't the, did the, the Kirk Connors lose it in a war? Is that how he lost his arm? Yeah, I think, just, I think, I think yeah. the character originally lost it like in Vietnam or something like that. Right, right, right. I, I, so I was saying all the hippies blamed everything on Vietnam back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, like, the most recent comic book origin updated it to, you know, Gulf War like everything else was, but it was still a war. Yeah. I thought you said golf war at first. I was like, what? The, what, he lost on yeah, the back? He line? lost it on the lanes. Yeah. That was an issue four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, he's – and basically he is Spider-Man's Q. He's, he's oh. the Q to Spider-Man's James Bond. He's like, yeah, and we have this – because Spider-Man sees somebody gliding with, like, 
web wings. He's like, yeah, we've been working on all these spider weapons. And I'm like, oh, that's that's good. Spider-Man didn't even bat an eye. You know, he's just like, oh, whatever. So then they give him the spider cycle. And I'm like, yeah. why didn't you just give him the spider buggy? You know, because it's probably as useful. And and I'm like, why does a guy that webs wings need a buggy? I mean, need, need a uh, motorcycle. <clears throat> and I'm like, this they doesn't explain it. They explain it though to yes. save money on web shoes. Right after, right? right after, I immediately thought, why in the hell would you would he need a spider cycle? Immediately they explain it. Well, it's going to cut down on your, the expenses of your web fluid. Which, by the way, if he's working for Shield, shouldn't Shield be picking up the tab for that? Yeah, I've, I've got a question. Um, is paying for Spider-Man's web fluid not cheaper than building <laughs> what must be a multi-million-dollar spider cycle? <laughs> right, right. I, you know what? You know what pisses me off. You know, who gets hosed? The American taxpayer. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm subsidizing web fluid. I'm what the hell? Subsidizing spider cycles. <laughs> so, so the spider cycle. You know, he takes it out for a spin, and, and it winds up. It winds up being this. Uh, it felt like half the episode. It's whoa! Look out, New York! I'm on the loose, and this thing crawls up walls like Ghost Rider or whatever. And I, I didn't enjoy this at all. No. I didn't enjoy it, but I did like the fact that as soon as I said, "What WTF, why does he need a, a cycle, they actually have a reason for it. Well, you know, it's faster, and it's less expensive, and it won't wear your muscles out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's been a problem for him before, muscle fatigue. It does this really is- make me want to see Ghost Rider smack him down on that motorcycle, though. Oh, I know, yeah. <laughs> now, now, in the later episodes, it, in season two, it doesn't seem like there's as much cycle crap going on. So I'm thinking they probably got away from this at some point. Now, I, I've seen some stuff before where it's, you know, they're um, it's like they're all on cycles. They've all got spider cycles or whatever. So I don't know. I hope they limit this stuff a lot. I, I'm not I'm not down with the spider biker gang. <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah. he has a wild ride on the shield helicarrier. It spills out into New York, um, and then eventually the uh, the other heroes have to save him from his own bike. Because it's out of control, and uh, like the entire team shows up to deal with his out of control bike. Nova picks him up. Nova flies down, picks him up, and then Nova has the best line in the entire thing when Spider-Man says, "You know what gives Buckethead?" And then Nova says something like, "Settle down, preschool." And I was like, <laughs> "Yes, nice. Nova, Nova's the only one who's acting like an adult." <laughs> you know, and thank and you for pointing that out. Huh? And he's not one. No, he's not. He's 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 a punk like the rest of them. Um, actually, White Tiger at, at times winds up being the most mature. I, I don't think that's probably a mistake. But it's probably because you know she's the girl in the group. T- typically, that's what happens. The girl's like the really smart, you know, responsible one. That's how it usually happens. You know, they say girls mature faster than guys, so that makes sense. That's definitely true. All right. So, well, they learn to do things different. They get potty trained a lot faster. What the hell's up with that? There's a lot more involved when they do it. <laughs> what the hell just happened? <laughs> No, girls do get potty trained before boys. They I agree. learn potty training much faster. Yeah. I, I can I can attest, yeah. And the girl, her name is, uh, alias is Ava, so I'm, I, I have a little connection there. Well, actually, actually, White Tiger is one of the more enjoyable characters in the show. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, except here where she, you know, she's the mature, responsible one, and then she throws out a quip, which gives her time to get put. Now, remember, she describes herself as a ninja with cat powers. Yet, yeah. yet she slows down enough to get punched out by Claw. I want to say that again, to get punched by Claw. Claw doesn't have any fighting skills. Claw has a, a sound. Sound, yeah. 
Claw took out Carnage. I told. I just told you. He doesn't have any fighting <laughs> skills, though. That's the thing. Yeah. He yeah. Doesn't. Claw is Claw having sound powers took out the one villain who has specific sound weaknesses. So I'm going to go ahead and not be impressed. <laughs> Makes me wish somebody would have picked Claw against like them in one of the Fight Clubs. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, somebody um, picked Siren when I chose Toxin, and I'm, yeah, I think it was Spidey Dude, and I think I still beat him. Uh, that's that's anyway. We're getting, off, we're getting off <laughs> So um, so you know then uh, Spider Man, you know that's how he gets introduced to the other characters, and then of course he he tells Nick Fury, I don't want to be a part of a team, yada yada. I'm a lone wolf. I can't be responsible for these people. And Nick Fury goes to the Uncle Benwell and says, Well, what would your Uncle Ben say now? Hey, remember I'm dead. And um, and then Spider Man's like, yeah, you know, but sorry, sorry, but no. Even after that, so then he gets jumped by the frightful four minus one, which is uh, in this case Thundra, um, Wizard, and um, uh, ba- 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 Claw, the Claw, <laughs> and, the, cl- yeah, the Claw, yeah, and then, and so he's fighting them. He's also trying to save the civilians. And then the other guys show up. And at one point, you know, Spider-Man's like, I can handle all three of these guys if you could just save the civilians who, you know, can't can't save themselves. Every now and then, Spider-Man, there's a responsibility streak that will kick in like once an episode, and Spider-Man will unconsciously do something that's responsible without really knowing it. And he's like, oh, yeah. And I kind of like that, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, it rubs me wrong. I, I would rather see a Spider-Man cartoon where he already knows it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, but that's yep. I, anyway. That's that's me. Uh, the big winner here, like I said, is Iron Fist, who you know gets apparently the biggest smackdown there is. Um, I don't like, I don't like at all um, how sometimes when somebody hits somebody, they'll slow it down and do like a sound effect behind it, like it's the Batman yep. you know '60s TV show. That that kind of takes me out of it. I'm like, uh, and and if these things are so damn you know fast paced, why are you slowing it down? If you think the kids' attention spans can only handle you know half a second of fr- you know per frame, it it lo- it reminds me of like uh, Marvel versus Capcom and and uh, fighting game. This is video game this style. is very much video game. You are yeah. you are exactly correct. This is there are moments in here where it's like you just hit, hit a you know a fatality in a video game. This is this is the animation equivalent of uh, a, a boss fight. Yeah, exactly. Of, <laughs> yeah. of Scorpion pulling out somebody's uh, skeleton in Mortal Kombat or whatever. Right, right. So, um, Osborne, you know, he warns Doctor Octopus, "Don't fail again." Of course, you know, which means Doctor Octopus will keep failing. Uh, then we get, you know, we find out that uh, Coulson is the principal now at the school. He he tells, you know, Peter comes in the principal's office. He goes, "I want to transfer because they put all the other superheroes into that high school." And uh, and then he goes to the principal, says, "Hey, I, I want to transfer out." And the principal turns around, it's Colson, and he's like, "No, you know, transfer tonight." And then he smiles and he goes, "Twip, twip." I actually kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, it kind of made me want to see Colson doing that, like in a movie, you know, or on the TV series, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, overall, I'm going to give this one a B minus. I mean, there there were things I liked, there were things I didn't like. I, I can't blame an episode for. Tone, you know, for for tones of certain characters, you know, that are that are persistent, you know, they're just there. I, I don't like Mary Jane's characterization at all. I just don't. I don't like the fact that Peter is uh, that there's no difference between Peter Parker and Spider Man. That the way they act, I don't like that at all. Uh, now we'll see how that persists when the you know flame throwing you know Hulk clone goblin gets in because I I'll, I'll crap all over that like I just went to you know a Mexican buffet. <laughs> 
but I'm, yeah, I'm going to give this one a B minus. Uh, so we move on to. Is there any questions about the episode before I move on? No, you summed it up pretty good. Did I? I okay, I agree. Uh, and I actually saw that one. I haven't seen the. Which, which one are we doing? The stand one now? Yeah, the standby. I, you know, yeah, but, I haven't seen this one. I, I'm going to go back to the great responsibility thing again. It really irks me that Connors is Spider-Man's Q. It irks me because – remember what I said? I, I don't like aspects of the character being taken away. I don't like the fact that, that he can't be the photographer. I don't like the fact that he's not the one coming up with all this stuff. It decreases the science background of the character, which I think is, is one of the more important things. He's, you know, he's a smart-ass cut-up in costume, you know, but he's, he's one of the most responsible. Who was it that uh, – in that uh, – who was it that said, you know, the boy's the best of us? Was it Doctor Strange? Was it Iron Man? Somebody like that that said that? I think it was in that god-awful omit, too, or something, wasn't it? Right, right, right. When he tried to erase everybody's memory, yeah. And they said, the boy is the best of us? And I was like, yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. This cartoon kind of misses that, I think. Um, yeah. But but they take, they're taking core things out of him. You know, the science background, it needs to be there. You know, I mean, like, he should be the one coming up with – at one point, they, you know, they drop him out of the helicarrier during, during training, and they're like, hit the red button. You know, he's just falling, you know, to his doom or whatever, and then, like, he rem- oh, yeah, my shield web slinger here. I'll click the red button, and out comes a web parachute. And I'm like, how come he doesn't come up with that? <laughs> he's smart enough to do it. Why, why are you dumbing the character down? Yeah, I don't like, true. I don't like that at all. I'm sorry. And I know yeah, I'm nitpicking about me, that. Is this not, like <sighs> – is this Peter Parker not kind of less of the nerdy kid that he always was and more of just the sort of mainstream teenager to kind of try to appeal to mainstream teenagers? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind and of that's what it's kind is. of really not who he is. No, oh, this cartoon completely misses that that aspect of him. I mean, it it, it is and I don't I didn't read Ultimate. I read like the first 5 or 6 issues of Ultimate. I remember because it took forever to actually get get him into costume. Um, but even then, he seemed more mature than he does now. Yeah, I've read every issue of Ultimate Spider-Man, and it's uh, the best retelling of Spider-Man and uh, easily the best modern long run on the thing. Uh, this this is not what that was. No, no. And so I, I don't like that there's core elements of this character that are getting shunted to other characters. Uh, in this case, Mary Jane and, and also Dr. Connors. Why is that biologist who turns himself into the lizard the tech genius? Why can't it be Why can't it be Smythe? That would make sense, and then Smythe can turn bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's also spider-related. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm using too much logic, I know. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, season two, Stand By Me. This is obviously a uh, reference to Stan the janitor from the cartoon, who was, who was actually Stan Lee. Right. Um, basically, you've got Peter, Harry, and Mary Jane. They're staying at school late. They're doing a science project. Uh, and then, you know, you have Stan come in, and, and it's dark. And at first, they're like, oh, my God, they're kind of scared. Who is this? And then you, you hear Stan narrating like he's some kind of monster or something like that, and only the way that Stan Lee can do. And then he turns on the flashlight, and they're like, ah. Oh. Then Mary Jane's like, oh, relax. It's just Stan. Uh, and then Colson, you know, is there as the principal still. Uh, but this whole episode is like – is. It's like a love letter. Remember one time, Brad, me and I think it was the last episode when you and I were talking about mm-hmm. the old 80s cartoon, the Spider-Man, the Spider-Friends, that and the Hulk cartoon, where Stan right. Lee opened up every episode. Hey, true believers, yeah. wait for this episode. Yeah, yeah, I know. know? And, and, and he would kind of frame up what you were about to see really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah. those, were, those were some of the funnest moments of those cartoons. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, he is just such a natural storyteller, you know, like when, yeah. when he speaks, you know, and, and the way he talks and his adjectives. So this, this was just, I mean, this plays up to everything about that. This whole episode is a love letter to those moments. Cool. And that I appreciated. I appreciated that. Beyond this, when I watched this episode, because I watched it at my friend's house, remember who records them for me? Right. I came home and I and I started watching the old Spider Friends on Netflix. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, and I I've forgotten how much I miss it. It doesn't really translate well. No, I mean there are three college kids who have you know Avengers type equipment in their damn apartment. Okay, whatever. But bought bought, bought by Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean, the whole thing is a love letter to Stan Lee, and Stan nice. Stan gets the big character moments here. At one point, he refers to his mop as the mop of of uh, of Madripoor, which is something like Doctor Strange, <laughs> nice. you know. Except that you know Madripoor is actually a country, but I, I like it because he's using it like a monk. You know, it's like an Asian influence. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, at one point there's like a villain montage where Spider-Man's wondering who who could have because Coulson disappears kind of suddenly and then they, all they see is claw marks everywhere and they're like oh god what's going on there's a monster here Peter goes for help which means he goes to get Spider-Man um, but there's a montage of villains when Spider-Man's wondering well I, I wonder who's who it's going to be is it Dragon Man and you see one of those whack you know like those little fat spider you know figures and the little angel and devil things you know how I like They'll come yeah. at different times. This is sort of like that. They they switch to like kind of a film reel, and it's Dragon Man, but he's like the wacky Dragon Man. And then Man Wolf, he's a, he's a, a wacky Man Wolf. And then the lunch lady, who looks like, like a big fat lunch lady, stabbing something on the floor. And I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, dude, is that a is that a hack slash cameo, you know, throwback, you know, cameo or shout out? Do either one of you read that? Kevin, have you read uh, Hack Slash? I have not. No. I, I read the um, the one where they teamed up with Chucky. You should – everyone listening right now, everyone who hears this should go and read Hack Slash. Hack Slash is fa- – if you like horror movies, especially the really bad cheesy ones like uh, Freddy mm-hmm. stuff and all that kind of – this is made for you. The main character is a survivor whose mother was one of these monster you know, killers whose name was the lunch lady. That's what they called her. I mean the, she was the lunch lady at school, and it turns out she was also like a, this horrible mass murderer you know, creature. So I th- I wondered if this was like a like a funny kind of uh, reference to that. The, by the way, this episode was written by a man of action member, which is like four people: Joe Kelly and Joe Casey included. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me wonder if that was like an homage to to that. If so, that was really cool. I actually enjoyed that because that's the, immediately I thought, oh my god, it's it's hack slash. Anyway, four people to write twenty minutes of this. Yep. Oh, this is actually five people: is man of action, which is four people, and then a guy named Joe Fallon. Um, okay. So there you go. It took five people to write this episode, yeah. You know, so you got five of them or, you know, you got like one of Paul Dini or Bendis who can do, you know, a whole episode by themselves. Bendis anyway, probably write five episodes in 10 minutes. Probably, yeah. Um so at, at different points Stan faces off against the lizard. Now, that should bug me. It should bug me that the janitor is using a mop to fend off, you know, a giant hulking reptilian creature with sharp fangs and claws that mm-hmm. you know gives Spider-Man a run for its money. But the whole, like again, the whole thing is a love letter to Stanley. Yep. So, I, so I don't mind it. Um, at one point, you know, Stan's describing the fight, you know, between Lizard and Spider-Man, and he's describing it, 
and you see it like a fight card, and, and you know you, they throw Spider-Man up in the corner with the Amazing Spider-Man logo, and Stan even calls him ama- the Amazing Spider-Man. He doesn't call him Ultimate; he calls him the Amazing Spider-Man. And I got a little, nice. I, I got a little thrill. I was like, "Thank you, thank you for bringing that home." You know, awesome. Um, so again, if you liked the cartoon from the '80s that we like, if if you're a Stan Lee fan, um, so this probably is not going to be Alan Moore's thing. Alan Moore shouldn't shouldn't watch this. Uh, hmm. But uh, you know, you're you're just, you're gonna like you're gonna like this, even though it's a, it's a sub you know it's a good episode. I mean, you know, it's very it's got funny upbeat moments and stuff. But I mean, it's still an Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. It's not probably what most Spider-Man fans are looking for, unless they have kids that are very tiny, like you, Brad. Yeah. Or my friend Dan, who said yes, my three or my uh, my eight year old son loves it. You know. <clears throat> anyway. Um. At one point, you know, while Lizard's fighting Spider-Man, uh, Stan even steps in to save MJ from drowning, you know. And then Spider-Man's using, like, taser webs against the Lizard. And I don't know when this first shows up or whatever. I guess it's a S.H.I.E.L.D. invention or something. But hmm. um, I, I was like, eh, I don't know. I mean, does this really work? The, the, he's gotten by before by just doing – he's beaten the Lizard before without having to use, like, taser webs. Why didn't he just, you know, beat the hell out of him? Yeah. You know, I mean I, – Stick with what works for you, kid. You've kicked, the, you know, you've kicked the X-Men's asses how many times now? Just, mm-hmm. just, just, just hit them. Hit them a lot. They usually does. <laughs> this is my the advice. This hit him a lot method. Well done. Yeah. Hit him a lot. Just kick the shit out of him and be so fast that he can't hit you, and then, oh, what do you know? It'll be over. Anyway, um, and then at one point, Coulson, they rescue, they rescue Coulson and Harry because at one point Harry got uh, kidnapped. And um, and they're trying to get everybody out from underneath the school, and Spider-Man's worried that they're going to find out that, you know, this is a shield tunnel that, you know, is how the heroes get in and out of the school or whatever. Um, but then Coulson steps in and gives the lizard a right cross and knocks him off a platform. And I'm like, whoa, I was like, uh, hold, hold the F on. When did, when did Coulson get super strength? When did this, yeah. when did this happen? So I was like, oh, this this is a little too far. This is this is I I get that Stan's taking care of him with the mop foo or whatever, but it's a Stan episode. <laughs> I was like, you know, suddenly it's like, why doesn't one of the teachers just jump in and just start jump on his back and start kicking the crap out of him? I'm like, ah, eh, come on. Well, that's not fair. I mean, Olsen's got training anyway. Um, <laughs> so so then Stan. Spidey's like, well, we got to get out of here. And Stan's like, you kids go on. I, I know a back way out of here. And he keeps fighting the lizard. And I'm like, God, you know. So Spider-Man gets everybody to the elevator, and he's like, I can't leave Stan. I, we're all going to leave here. i got to go back and save Stan. So he goes back to get Stan out and uses the uh, the, spy, the tasing webs again. And then Stan just cleans his clock, <coughs> the lizard's clock. And I, I kind of like that. I, again, I should hate it, but it's Stan, so I like it. Yeah. And then at the end... At the end, he reveals to Spider-Man that he was one of the original S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Oh, that's neat. So then it makes sense. You know, it's like, that's, okay, that's, that's cool. Yeah, that's why you were doing all this, you know, kung fu stuff. He's got, his mops got, like, gadgets on it. Like, at one point, it cuts through Spider-Man's webbing because Spidey <laughs> webs uh, MJ and Stan in a locker to keep him out of harm, you know, because they want to help. But at the same time, they're like, no, I don't need to worry about you while I'm fighting this thing that wants to eat us. So uh, how about I just web you up in this? And he cuts through it with like some kind of like laser, high-tech laser thing. I don't know. So um, I'm going to give this one an A just because of all the cool Stan stuff. He even says Excelsior at the end, which I did. I, I giggled nice. like a little kid. Stanley yeah. can make me giggle like a little kid. He just can't. And, I, and you know, I, I don't care. 
you hear this, you know, you get into the to the damn Stan and Steve debate, you know, and then you have other people who just hate Stan, you know. I, I don't get that. If there wasn't if it wasn't for Stan, there wouldn't have been a Marvel Comics. Period. So yeah. so people just get the f over it. If you don't agree with it, I don't care. <laughs> this is this is me giving you the middle finger. <laughs> just get over. Uh, yeah, you know, so so this whole thing was like a love letter to him, and it, I needed this after reading that damn book. Uh, oh, the uh, Marvel, the, the untold, untold story. Did you read that, Kevin? Yeah. Uh, no. You need to read that, Kevin. That I need to. Yes. No, Brad, <laughs> tell him. Well, I, I haven't finished it myself. I'm still halfway through it, but yes, it's a very it's a very good look inside Marvel comics. It is an in depth, you know, like re- retelling of uh, of. All the all the behind the scenes stuff before they were Marvel, yep. while they were Marvel, you know, who was fighting why, who, who was pissed off at who. Why do I need to read this book if it's going to make me feel like, uh, damn, I needed to see that animated episode after reading that damn book? What? Well, How's that a recommendation? The the, the book breaks. <laughs> up, I mean, you know, because when we think of Stan, we think you know, we think of it's Stan. You know, Stan is larger than life. Yeah, like I remember when. I know this didn't this didn't diminish what I, what I think of Stan at all. Reading that book, it didn't at all. It's just it makes some people. You know what I mean? Stan's not people. He's Stan friggin' he's Stan the well, man. He's still a person who ran a comic book company. You know, and and but I mean, you know, yeah, I needed this this you know because that book broke it down. So okay, these these were real people. You know, they weren't perfect. But I needed this one to get back to that, you know, yeah. the way I felt when I interviewed him on the phone that one time back, uh, like in 2000, for an hour, me and my friend Alex, when we interviewed him on the phone for an hour, and he called me Georgie. Normally, I hate that. Normally, I'll punch you in the Tic Tacs if you call me Georgie. <laughs> but when Stan Lee says it, it's like your grandfather just, just dropped it on you. Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, my, oh my God, I would, you know, I, I love you. Follow me, you know, or lead me anywhere. I'll follow you wherever you go. <laughs> so if you're a Stan Lee fan, and if you're a Marvel fan, you know, screw it, you should be. Don't be one of these pretentious jerks who's like, well, Stan didn't create Spider-Man and yada, yada, or anything else. No, I'll, I'll kick you in the junk. <laughs> you know, pack the F off and, and appreciate the Stan, and that's what this episode yeah. does. And for that, this episode, no one's more surprised than me gets an A. I'm I'm happy. You got a B minus. The earlier one was it a B minus? You said yeah, B minus for uh, that first season. Great responsibility episode, but this one, just because of all the stand stuff, that one that one makes it an A. That's awesome. Getting much much higher uh, ratings from you than I ever expected, man. That's what I said for the last episode. George is giving very good grades to to the two episodes each well, month. Well, remember what I said last time. I'm I'm. I'm doing it from from the premise of it's a kid show, and I yeah. and I know I nitpicked the crap out of it, and you know I mean, that's just me. I'm going to nitpick it. You remember I I did that with yeah. uh, the Spider Man movie. You know when I finally saw it, I was like, oh Jesus, you know. Yeah, I, that's I, what reviewing on a podcast is, you know. Yeah. And, I, uh, I, personally, as someone who is interested, uh, you know, in the reviews, I appreciate that you have the presence of mind to review it as a kid show and not just go in and say this is not the show I want. I'm not the audience for the show. If this show was being done more like a, like a you know like a Batman you know from like the early '90s, like a, the the uh, the Deanie Tim Batman, right? Uh, and then yeah, I would hate it. But this show is not that. I mean, this show is, is just aimed directly at kids. That kid. Now I think that's a misstep because the Batman show that you and I you know that we watched in the '90s, 
Brad, you and I were much younger. Kevin, you you were probably you know way, way younger than that. How old are you now? Bro, I grew up on the, the Batman show, the Spider Man, the X Men, uh, you know, all those '90s cartoons. Okay, so you were a kid and you loved them. Oh God, yes. I, I was in college. Yeah. I was in college and I loved them. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that started what, like '94. Uh, 92. 92. Yeah, okay, 92, I was six. See? Yeah, it came out right after Batman Returns, the so, second Michael Keaton one. Yeah, so here, here's the, yeah I love that Batman series. Here's what I'm saying the misstep is. If this cartoon had been done more like that, then it would be enjoyed by more people. They they limited the audience that, that was going to watch this show to parents who have small kids and who also like Spider-Man, or maybe don't even you know give two crabs about Spider-Man, other than the fact their kids are going to watch it and shut up while they do dishes. Um, or you know, but it, it cuts out people like us. I, I would if this was done like the like the the Paul Dini Bruce Tim stuff. I would buy this on DVD. Yeah, I, yeah or Blu-ray. I, I would have it. I started watching those shows when I was a kid. Uh, my dad started watching them with me because he's my dad, and I want to watch them. And you know, he ended up continuing to watch them because he freaking liked them too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is possible, and you don't have to make your your character twelve years old or thirteen years old and make him annoying. Brad and I, we pointed this out last episode. Brad, you and I mm-hmm. enjoyed a Spider-Man cartoon, and Spider-Man was not this you know was not this high school kid with weaponized ADD. He was a college kid. Who was actually yeah. pretty responsible, and we loved him, and we were kids. We didn't we didn't need to be pandered exactly. to. So yep. that's the misfire. Same for me, the nineteen nineties Spider Man series that I grew up on. <laughs> he was in college. He was a responsible yeah. guy. He, you know, is marrying Mary Jane before the series is over. Let's not talk about water clone stuff. You know, that's that's yeah. my time. <laughs> I can hear Bertoni um, somewhere going, Mary Jane. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's it's good stuff, and I think it is also kind of sad that. They seem to have decided that they need to move away from the nerdier Peter Parker and make him more mainstream when, you know, uh, the original nerdy character has kind of had some appeal for, let's say, a few decades. I know, right? I mean, there's the reason this character is popular and has been around for, you know, as many decades as it has, and it's not this. It's not what we're getting in this cartoon. Spider-Man's not really needs to be reinvented as a character. Which is sad because you could have made something that everyone across across the entire spectrum enjoyed. They didn't. They focused it on just kids. Yeah, you know what? My, my feeling partially is that there have been several Spider-Man cartoons. There will be more. If this one isn't for me, that's fine. The only thing that annoys me is they will not put out a full season two DVD of the spectacular freaking Spider-Man. Oh, it'll, Give yeah, it I, know. I want it. It'll never come. Because yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think Disney has the rights to that. So Sony has the rights to release that DVD, I think. Yeah, but there's probably some, we'll never yeah. see that. I, you, they, we'd have to buy Kevin the individual sets. And you know, yeah, what I say to that is something that I can't say on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the middle finger. Like I said, anybody yeah. who says "Will Stan sucks." Yeah, because I love. All you. right, I, I I think that's a wrap, gang. Any final <laughs> thoughts? We're, we're 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 two hours and fifteen minutes over our one hour original. Well, you know, it's uh, we're way over. It was time. quality though. I, I had agree. fun. It was really nice uh, podcasting George Berryman again. I am always happy to talk to you two gentlemen anytime. I agree. I, it was fun. Stuff. Same here. I always love talking to to you, Brad, and also I missed talking to Kevin. 
Here, here is a proposition. I'll I ask you live on the air, George. What do you think about having Kevin's segment and your segment back to back every month? I I would love it the way a fat kid loves cake, Brad. <laughs> All right, it, it it is a done deal. Let's do uh, this. Will be a, a monthly us three together uh, reviewing twenty seven books. <laughs> called the uh, a lot shorter real soon. <laughs> we call the League of Extraordinary Bastards or something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think we're gonna have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah.